Hello, this is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my QB1, Stephen Galindo. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're both uh, getting back here to fantasy football here, and uh, I'm pretty excited to be doing this podcast with you. You know, as we speak, we're currently in a dynasty slow draft, which is killing me. It is a big drag because we got we got some guys on the East Coast and uh, I think Central Time is what it is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're over here waiting a few hours, you know, before we finally get one pick throughout the day. So it's like you got to make yeah. it good. Yeah, I was like I was really pushing over the weekend for us to get as much of this draft as possible because I knew everyone's going to go back to work on Monday. And especially with the time change, because like it's like over here, it might be like. 8 p.m. here and we still have plenty of life to get this draft done but then like half the league is asleep <laughs> so yeah no exactly things don't get done so but you know it kind of got the fancy football juices going you know i i'll be honest i we had a rookie draft i think uh in may outside of that i haven't really thought about fancy football too much but here we are and it's about two months away well i've been having fantasy football in the brain ever since I didn't make playoffs last year. <laughs> I took I took that personal, so here I am. Also, I'm crossing my fingers. It hasn't been confirmed, but, you know, uh, the Chiefs are still, I would say, in play for, for DeAndre Hopkins. It's very slim, possibly, mm-hmm. probably, I should say, it's more probable that he's not going to go there because we don't have the cap space. But um, if he wants to win a championship, hopefully, you know, he'll sacrifice a couple doll hairs, you know. So, yeah, I think that's a good uh, introduction into us personally a little bit, right? Like, you're a Chiefs fan. I'm a Rams fan. We both won Super Bowl. Like, we both personally, you know, we were part of it. We both won mm-hmm. Super Bowls in the last couple of years. So, we're we're pretty content. The Rams had a really bad year last year, but it is what it is. You know, I guess, you know, F those picks, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. Uh yeah, uh, I think I missed the playoff. No, did I miss the playoffs last year? I don't remember. No. I think I think you did make it. This is, and we're we're in just so the viewers there, um, we're in a few leagues, but uh, there's one mm-hmm. league that's really dear right. to our heart, and and that's the one we reference a lot. And um, mm-hmm. I think with you know being new to Dynasty, we'll probably reference that a little bit here. But you know, our our podcast is meant to uh, give the advice for right. for people in you know twelve to fourteen team leagues. Um, redraft leagues so mm-hmm. you know we're 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 not too much on the dynasty yet um we're still kind of picking up on the on the trend there and, and figuring that out as we go but yeah. since we're doing one right now i feel like we might reference it a bit but i bet you once we get deeper into july and august we're probably going to start going like really hard into the redraft stuff and um yeah because like you know might set this podcast apart from other ones is that we're not going to sit here and admit that we're smarter than every other podcast. (laughs) And, uh, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count myself necessarily an expert, but I'm passionate enough about it that I feel like I do pretty well most of the time. (laughs) So yeah, no, definitely. But you know, but you know, like when, when I was presenting a little pull the curtain, when I was presenting the, the name of this podcast. I was like, well, we call it OT fantasy football. And I was like, the reason why I thought OT was interesting. Cause I was like, I always overthink about fantasy football. I'm always overthinking. I'm always, you know, reaching in round three. 
I would, for some reason, round three is always my reach, my reach round. I'm always reaching around three because I feel like half the leagues are going to get, half the leagues going to get my guy, but I'm sure I can have got him on the turnaround, you know, stuff like that. Like I'm overthinking all the time. So you're going to hear me go with my gut and overthink a lot on this podcast. Yeah. And, and to add to that, one thing, you know, that, that Brian and I like to text each other or tell each other when we see that we're overthinking is we say, don't get cute. Don't get cute. Mm-hmm. You know, play play the logical play. You know, don't don't think that your guy is gonna somehow magically beat you know the analytics or um, you know your wide receiver three is gonna blow up this week. You know, you you, you gotta you gotta play the 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 most logical choice. Don't get cute. So so do you have a personal like strategy and thought process you have when you think about drafting your players? So I I love running backs and I know and the, and what hurts recently is there's a um a trend going around the 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 zero running back strategy and to me that just doesn't make sense because and and, and to throw this out there too is fantasy football is you know there's so many school of thought on how to draft and how to approach it and um I think you and I have similar thought processes and you know other people in our league they you know they differ in those thought processes and you know we got people who take you know 10 wide receivers but my thing is like running backs they they get the ball handed to them in their hand and um they get a lot more opportunity with the ball you know to make something happen um unless you know like I mean there are those wide receivers the Justin Jeffersons the Jamar Chase you know um Devonte Adams like you know there are you those made, receivers, Cooper Cup. Those receivers so you make the case for tra- uh, Travis Kelsey too. You know, like and, that that they might get more volume than the the team's running back, right? But, right, or or they're they're just they're just um, you know unique. Uh, what's the word? One in a million, well, once in a lifetime talent. Like mm-hmm. I, I understand going for those guys, but you know picking zero running backs until like you know five round five or six to me, like I don't know those guys just. I don't sit comfortable knowing that I have one of those guys, you know, instead. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm a pretty running back heavy person. I feel like in the last two to three years, I kind of defer to like maybe balancing my roster a bit. But I always felt like you could always get a wide receiver one somewhere down the draft who's the number one wide receiver on another on their team and they're they get as much targets as someone who's picked in the top three or four rounds right yeah, so yeah. that's that's how i always felt you know the person who usually touched except for the examples we gave earlier the person who usually touches the ball the most is a three down running back it, it's it, unless it's the quarterback right if it's the quarterback they touch the ball obviously they get the they, they get the ball on every snap but mm-hmm. usually it's a three down running back who gets it. They usually get it at least once per uh three downs or so. Yeah, at least once usually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm usually a high volume person. I look at players and I and I try to find a consistent floor on every player when I draft them. And then later in the draft, I'm usually like, all right, these are gonna be my ceiling guys. Like, what's the upside ceiling with these? You know, I usually try to play the floor for the next. For the first few rounds, but yeah, it yeah. doesn't always work that way. And I'm sure, you know, for those of you who have played fantasy for a little bit, you, you hear that, you know, you won't lose your draft or I'm sorry, you won't win your draft in the first couple rounds, but you can definitely lose your draft in the first couple rounds. And so I, I, I think that's, you know, another thing that comes into play, but I really think it's those middle rounds, you know, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, 
where you, you, you find those guys who, um, who win you the championships. I think that's where you got to focus. And I think that's where you have to like, you know, look deep, look, look deep into your back, I guess, you know, you have to, you know, you're looking at depth charts, you're looking at volume, looking at players regressing, you're looking at players progressing, you know, it's, you're looking at like fluke years and, you know, and some of those moments and you're going to hear me do this a lot where I'll make a decision based on my gut where I'm like, you know, my gut says like, this player is not going to be putting up the same production they did a year before. But, you know, if they do it three to four years in a row and they're still in their mid-20s, I'm sure it's going to continue that way. <laughs> That's how yeah. I feel. Again, logic. Mm. So anything else you wanted to go over before we dig deep into our divisions? I'm ready to jump into this. You know, um, Brian and I have been talking about this podcast for a while now. We're excited. Again, we're very enthusiastic about fantasy football. We're big fantasy football um, enthusiasts. You know, we play in a few leagues every year. Obviously, we're in a couple dynasty leagues now. We're trying to get into that. So fantasy football is not just something that, you know, happens for us a couple months out of the year. But, you know, we're talking about football all year long. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, whether that be making trades in our dynasty league or, um, you know, when trades happen in the actual NFL, we talk about those. And so we're, we're, you know, we're big with fantasy football. So we're excited to be here. We're ready to get this rolling here. Um, You know, we're, we're in preseason right now or even before preseason, we're in training camp. Um, I think OTAs just finished. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're just going to, we're going to go over the different divisions. We'll go over some relevant, uh, fantasy players. We'll have some hot takes. Um, you know, we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you some good content. So we're going to do divisions. Uh, so we're going to start off the AFC East and then every week until the season starts, we'll do a new division. What team do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the Bills? Because I feel like the Bills are. I think the Bills are the easiest team. Yeah, they're they're a little bit more straightforward. They they made some changes. Um, Do you feel Josh Allen is QB one in the entire NFL? Or I don't. I don't. I don't think still keep a place for (laughs) your your Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's QB one. He's top three, but he's not QB one. Honestly, if I had to admit it, as hard as it is, I would say that Jalen Hurts is QB one. Uh, you know, I I could see that. I I I still feel like with Yeah, okay, I see that. I just feel like he needs to kind of repeat last year again before I start putting him in the top 3 conversation. I mean, he had a pretty darn good season if you had him oh, on your team, you know. You 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 lock lock in and you're you're good to go. Um the only reason that and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes at number 2 is kind of like half and half for me because the thing with Patrick Mahomes is he doesn't have like these talented wide receivers. Like he doesn't have the AJ Brown, a Devonte Smith. He doesn't have a Stefan Diggs. They have good receivers. The um, Eagles have a good receiver room. And, and I think that's the only thing that makes me not hesitate, but just second think it real quick about Patrick Mahomes. Like if I'm drafting, and I have the choice between all three, I'd probably go Jalen Hurts first. Um, again, only because of the the rushing upside there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, if you can stack that, I mean, I think, you know, you're always going to be in good waters with that. Yeah, like, what Patrick Mahomes has proven, too, like, because basically when Tyreek Hill left last year, I always th- I thought the Chiefs were in, like, you know, downgrade offensively. But Patrick Mahomes proved that he, doesn't, he can play with anyone. Josh Allen, on the other hand, 
if let's just say like uh, Diggs went down or something like that, do you feel like the Bills would still be just as good? Mm, that's hard. That's hard to say. I don't think yeah. so. So that kind of puts Patrick Mahomes on a different level. The only thing is, like, I feel like the Bills, maybe not. I don't know. I was going to say, like, the Bills, for some reason, always, like, I don't know, downplay to their competition sometimes. And the games are closer in the fourth quarter, which means you're getting a full four quarters of Josh Allen. I'm not saying this is all the time, but I I don't just something maybe. I bet you there's a stat that doesn't back up what I'm about to say. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like the Chiefs do blow out their opponents a little bit more often. And then Patrick Mahomes is basically like they're just handing the ball off to whoever mid fourth quarter. Yeah, no, I can see that. I agree with that. Um, I guess fantasy wise, that'd be good for Josh Allen owners, right? Yeah. So let's look at the running back situation. Uh, They recently, uh, well, they've had James Cook. It feels like this is now his role. Yeah, they, they drafted him last year, uh-huh. so he's in year two. He, uh, but they brought in Harris from the New England Patriots. Yeah, and, yeah. and Harris is not a bad running back himself. You know, yeah. So. You know, one thing I think that Buffalo was missing out on is a running game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they didn't have the most talented running backs. They had Zach Moss for a little bit. Um, I don't even know where he's at now. You got uh, you had Devin Singletary. He got traded. I don't remember where exactly at the top of my head, but you know Houston. they decided to stick Houston. Yeah, there we go. They decided to stick with James Cook. You know, the rookie from last year, so he's in year two. Um, I mean, if he's anywhere close to his brother Delvin, you know what he is, then you know we'll find out this year. And you know maybe he is, you know, a worthwhile pick. Um, Damian Harris, you know, has proved himself, but he goes through injury ups and downs. So that's mm-hmm. the only thing about him. Um, I still don't think, though, their rushing game is going to be really that good. I think um, where the most danger is going to come from is is James Cook with um, you know catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, Damian Harris at least can maybe solidify like keep in mind this is still like two months away <laughs> so we don't even know how training camp's gonna go but uh he could easily uh become like the i don't know like the i want to say two down back you know the and then james cook is kind of the pass catching one you know what i mean like but out of the three downs i could see damon harris getting two of those carries you know like i want to say james cook is a solidified third down back i think he's more than that but I can see Damon Harris like legit splitting an entire drive with him. Like uh, yeah, one of my one of I was gonna say one of my fancy football um, annoyances is like when your player is like absolutely destroying on a drive, but he's exhausted, so they bring in the backup for the red zone. I feel like that's gonna happen a lot with this Bills backfield. I, I think they they have Damian Harris, you know, in that short yardage situation. He's he's a bigger guy, mm-hmm. um, you know. Towards the goal line, they'll have him, you know, run the ball. And the thing is, I don't, and I don't have a stat on me right now, but I, I don't think the the Bills are very. They don't run a lot of plays within like the ten yard line. I think you know they're doing a lot of scoring from outside the ten. So that's true. That's, that's gonna call. you know that's gonna come into play <laughs> as well. So and and, yeah. and don't forget they also have uh, Latavius Murray on the team as well. I, f- I feel like their wide receiver core, too, like if we just want to jump into that, is um, 
I find it pretty interesting because it's it's you got Diggs and then you have Gabriel Davis and that that's basically it. I think it's you know it's both of those have pretty good fantasy value, but the tight end situation is pretty interesting to me because you have Dawson Knox who has solidified himself as you know the Bills tight end, but they drafted pretty highly Dolan Kincaid mm-hmm. and Kincaid you could tell is supposed to be the tight end the tight end for the uh, of the bills for the future. And I'm wondering when that transition happens or are they just going to start off with Kincaid and Dawson Knox goes back to tight end two on the team that I'm intrigued. I think that's a training camp battle to watch. If Dalton Kincaid makes his way to significant playing time is, is, or would you take a flyer on him? Absolutely. Like if I ended up punting, which I do, constantly i usually punt on tight end because i I don't unless like there's a wide receiver that i don't love and then there's just a tight end sitting there then i'll do it but usually i punt on tight end and i'll um and usually like i could see kincaid being around in the eighth or ninth round because people are not quite sure unless like i said training camp clears the depth chart situation up but uh He's also someone who I feel like the Bills might even line up in the slot a few times because I feel like their wide receiver depth chart's not as well as it was the first first uh, couple years of this offense. Or they might just do a bunch of two tight end sets. Who knows? <laughs> you know, so yeah, you know, I, I I I'm intrigued by it though. I have I, I've had two uh, dynasty drafts with Kincaid available, and I d- didn't pick him both times. So maybe unfold it. <laughs> And and what scares me though too is last year, you know I I um I streamed Dawson Knox um, a few times, um, and he totally let me down. And and <laughs> you know th- it was a good offense, and they just didn't really look at tight end too much. Right, which I usually feel like with a running quarterback, which I still consider Josh Allen to be one. Usually, your tight end is your check down receiver, and. For whatever reason, it's just like, yeah, Dawson Knox would have like 14 points one week and then he would have 0.3 the next or something. Like, Yeah. Well, here's an interesting stat. Um, Dawson Knox has the highest percentage of PPR fantasy points to come from purely touchdowns. 26.8% of his fantasy points since 2020 have come uh, via touchdown. So... He's, he's really he's really touchdown dependent, so that kind of proves my point of him disappearing in that offense. Yeah, I I feel like the Bills have a lot of fantasy value in certain spots, but then after like two to three players, it kind of like it becomes like basically you're you're looking at streaming options. Like I would say for sure, Diggs. I would say for sure, Allen. And I would say for sure, probably Gabriel Davis, even James Cook and Damien here. Obviously, you're going to take James Cook higher because of his ADP and stuff. And he's part of a really good offense. But when was the last time you drafted a Bills running back and they were someone you could trust? Right. I think uh, he might be a name for you, for those of you who are going zero running back strategy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he might be somebody to pick up in that sixth, Mm -hmm. seventh, eighth round. Josh Allen probably going to go somewhere in the third, maybe the end of the second, depending on how how fancy your league gets. Uh, he'll he'll for sure be a second round draft pick in one of our leagues. 
Yeah, and and, and Stefan Diggs, um, I think he's going, you know, round two, mm-hmm. probably mid to late round two. And then Gabriel right. Davis, um, I don't know where he's gonna go. He was, he's, he's, he was hyped he, up. He was hyped yeah. up last year, and he he did. Okay, side note, real quick. Mm-hmm. Hyped up, didn't do anything for the first few games. Then he goes up against me. Right, he's on my opponent's team, and this is a must-win game for me because I'm already, you know, I'm 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 down bad. And, and the person I'm playing is also my arch nemesis of the league so this is the person that i always want to beat you know i mean you want to beat everybody but there's one person in your league where it's like nah i gotta destroy that guy every single time and uh this was the game where gabriel davis went off for like 40 something points he had like three (laughs) touchdowns like 200 yards yeah it was was, and he had a 10 a.m game so you can you can imagine how i felt the rest of the day Oh yeah, you're just like, and then you know what? When, usually, what happens in that scenario is you you yourself gets a player that gives you just a little bit of hope too, and but then it's just too late because someone lets you down again in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, um, I think the the funnest this is this next team is the funnest team, mm-hmm. like in, in the uh, AFC East, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Oh, you I mean, you went somewhere that <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh no! Yeah, we're saving the best for last. Um, I think the Dolphins have the most fun players to draft in mm-hmm. this division. That makes sense. I mean, you, you have Tyree Kill, which we'll see how his um, his legal issues play out. Um, he might be suspended. Who knows? Um, if he's suspended six games, is he still worth a pickup in the third round, fourth round? Uh, if you've already drafted two wide receivers and you don't have to depend on him, or if you punted on wide receiver and you're like, all right, let me just get him because I know he'll still be really good in the second half of the season. It depends how confident you are with your team. I'll put it that way. If -hmm. you're confident that your team could survive for six weeks without him, but if you feel like your team's going to go one in five because you drafted him, then don't do it. Obviously, no one's going to feel that way, but you know what I mean? And, and then you have Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's you know he's been good ever since he's came into the league. Um, who's their third? Oh, and, and then now they and then after that, you know, you have some some big randos. You got Chosen Anderson, previously previously known as Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Braxton Berrios coming from the Jets, and then you have uh, Cedric Wilson, which I don't know where he's coming from. Last year, Cow- but, I think it was the Cowboys, right? Or did he play he, for the Dolphins last year, and it was the Cowboys the year before? I think it was the Cowboys the year before. Maybe he was uh, oh, there okay. last year. So, I mean, after Jalen Waddle, I don't think there's much to grab there. Um, as far as running backs go, I mean, the, 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 this 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 group is a little interesting because they have a rookie uh, Devin Achain, uh as an RB one on this team, and that seems accurate. Uh, I don't feel like Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert uh, had they do, compelling. They, they do have injury uh, history. Yeah, they didn't have a compelling last year. You know what I mean? So, well, Mostert was um, a good streaming slash fill in on a bye week flex option at times, but that's about it. And the rumor has it that Delvin Cook might get. Uh, Gets signed there, but you know we've we've yet to see any solid evidence other than an Instagram post um, 
Uh, from from like uh, Dalvin Cook uh, to the Dolphins, forty three years old. So we we don't know, but if Delvin Cook goes to the Dolphins, um, is he a top ten running back? In that offense, he could be, because like even though he it's not he didn't get cut because he's a bad running back. He got cut because he does have a injury history, and he was supposed to get a big payday. So. That's why he got cut. It's not like he was a wash. Like you, he's he's not Zeke Elliott. He's he's, he's he can still give you a, give a team at least one or two more years. Well, so, for you to make that comparison to Zeke, I'm I'm surprised because Zeke was your guy coming out of college. He, he was my guy. He when this, the the league that me and you talk about the most. I joined it year one. I drafted Zeke as a rookie in the first round, and he won me a championship. And then ever since then, he's been like, he's has up and downs. He's been suspended. I was the Wolverine. When he was suspended, I was the Wolverine meme with the picture of Zeke in bed. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, if Delvin Cook comes here, it's a totally different story. But then also that ruins the ADP of the rookie running back as well. So, hmm, who is knows? He the, we'll see how is, is he the handcuff to get if Delvin Cook comes over here? Oh yeah, because Delvin Cook will at least miss a game or two with like a hamstring or a torn ACL. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> it's 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 the spectrum of those two injuries. Uh, I think another interesting discussion here is QB because if Josh Allen is QB one of the AFC East, who's QB two? Dang. Yeah, no. I think it's Tua. It's Tua over Aaron at this point, right? Like this is I redraft so. one year, mm-hmm. one year flyer. I think so. So, but man, like there were some hits last year that Tua took that we thought, man, you should maybe hang your cleats up because, uh, and there was a lot of controversy with like the Miami Dolphins letting him play the next week and stuff like that. So someone that I want people to keep an eye on, maybe in a super flex or something, Mike White, the backup quarterback, who's proven that he could play a little bit, might be a good streaming or, you know, flyer option. Because, you know, there's always going to be that one drastic QB injury. And if Tua were to go down as well, I think Mike White's actually not a bad pickup. Just keep an eye on him. Like, I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't, like, you know, but I would keep an eye on him. Every week on the waivers, and then if, and then one week just be like, you know what, I'm going to pick him up. Or if you have Tua, I would say just pick up Mike White too. <laughs> like, unless yeah, unless you have a, a you know another option that you drafted. But no, mm-hmm. that's a great. I think that's a great suggestion. Um, I mean, there's really not much else to go into in this offense. It's like you're taking the two top wide receivers. You know, I think Tua is a top twelve quarterback when healthy, so he's definitely going to be drafted. You know, in a twelve team league. Um, definitely mm-hmm. obviously Absolutely. in a super flex league, um, in a 14 team league, I still think he's getting drafted, you know, as yeah, somebody's QB1. I, I can see that. Um, I can and see then running backs, uh, running backs are the only question mark. I mean, obviously, like we talked about earlier, you want running backs who are going to have the ball in their hands, you know, obviously, you know, 15 to 20 touches a game. I don't know if any of these guys are going to get that, but, um, I mean, they're still worth, you know, third, fourth, uh, I would say probably fourth or fifth round consideration. 
for mm-hmm. you, for those of you doing zero draft again, zero running back draft strategy, uh, you know, these, these guys, you know, hit, hit those, those indicators. Yeah. Like when, when Delvin was on, I know we're, it's like, we're talking this into existence. When Delvin was on Minnesota, how late were was people picking Madison? Was it like ninth, 10th round? Oh yeah, I picked him up as a handcuff in like the ninth round. So same thing. So like if Delvin Cook were to come to Miami, he would probably be a third or fourth round running back, and our our chain would probably be like what ninth or tenth, maybe eighth round option. Yeah, he's he's yeah. a rookie, so like there's some upside, you know. But all right. So if you're saving the fun one for last, I'm, I'm assuming next is. Uh, the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. I, man. I was trying to think of something funny to say, but then I was like, I don't know. I'm just gonna say the name. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing funny about the New England Patriots. Yeah, I guess like the biggest thing is, do you feel like you could be a believer in Mac Jones if you had to be? No. <laughs> we just did a we just did a dynasty draft, and people were picking. I feel like rookie slash like backup quarterbacks almost I felt like before Mac Jones got picked up somebody picked up Baker Mayfield before Mac Jones that yeah that that might be the case I'm not even double check that right now I'm gonna say yeah just just for just for the the content yeah I think Baker Mayfield even because he's just yeah Baker Mayfield is a um I guess uh he might not even win that yeah he might have win that yeah. starting job. Yeah. <laughs> Next month. Um I it's like I want to be a believer in Mac Jones. Like I don't I'm not saying I'm like a bit big Mac Jones fan, but there's a part of me that's like if New England hasn't given up on him yet, then maybe there's something there. Like maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on Belichick. Like I don't know. I I I just so he's, okay. he's certainly QB four in the division, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I take that back. Unfortunately, it looks like um, Baker Mayfield was at the end of that round. But some of the quarterbacks that you know this league drafted before him was Ryan Tannehill. This is a dynasty too. So Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. Will Levis, Desmond Ritter. I mean, even Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell. You know, we'll, we'll get into this, but I think he's going to be. He's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah, I think so too. I have him in both dynasty leagues. So, but I, back I to the Patriots <laughs> before we get on a tangent and all this fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac Jones, he's um, he's not that guy. He's not that guy, pal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think he's a top twelve. He's definitely like I mean, if you if you like to store a QB on your bench, you know, just in case, like Brian mentioned earlier, like. There are injuries that happen, and you obviously don't want to be left with no QB. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Mac Jones is better than, you know, nobody, you know, being in that spot. So, he, he's a decent, if you like, let's just say you went high on a quarterback in a super flex league, right? You went, you drafted your Patrick Mahomes, you drafted everyone that you wanted, right? Then you'd punt on getting a second one, you get a bunch of skill players. He's a solid second QB on a super flex team. 
I feel like he's he's fine. He's solid. He's not going to win yeah. you any games, but he might not lose you any games. And he, if he's your QB one, he'll certainly lose you some games. But yeah, outside of that, I don't really feel like he has a ton of value. Here's the thing uh, to consider too: they got a new offensive coordinator in mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien. I think, right? It's Bill O'Brien. Kind of fact check me. Um, <laughs> It was it was Matt Patricia last year. Matt Patricia, we all know how his Lions tenure went down. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, there there is optimism, and he. I'm not saying that he can never be good. He might pull it together this year, but um, as far as taking him, you know, as a starting quarterback, I would say no. Um, leave him on the bench. Running backs, you know, to kind of just jump in there. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, you I'm had him last year, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a believer. believer too. The only the only thing that gives me a little bit of hesitancy, and I had an opportunity to draft him in our dynasty league, and I decided not to at this moment. I was like, oh, it's still the New England, like it's still a New England backfield. Like even when you feel like you know who the guy is, they always do something to make you not feel that way. And even last year with Stevenson at some point, like I think later in the, in the second half of the year, I think they just straight up was like, we're going to give you the keys and you're the running back. But even for the first half of the year, I feel like they still wanted to kind of fit three running backs into the system. And it just didn't work until, you know, and Stevenson's just the one that ended up stepping up. Harris had the injury history and stuff like that. And it just went that way. Like, just because so, it's the New England Patriots, I do get a little hesitant about it. But I honestly think he's an RB1. He is. And um, here's an interesting stat. I'm going to read this real quick. Is that um, I'm going to read you off the Patriots' number one running back in PPR points for the last 10 years. So in 2022, Stevenson, he was running back 10 overall. 2021, Damian Harris, running back 20 overall. 2020, Rex Burkhead, running back 35 overall. 2019, James White, running back 23. 2018, James White, running back 9. 2017, Burkhead, running back 18. And in 2016, LeGarrette Blount, running back 15. In 2015, Blunt again, running back 38. In 2014, Shane Vereen, running back 31. 2013, Shane Vereen, running back 8. 2012, and this one hits back, gives me some memories. Uh, Stephon Ridley, running back 20. Mm-hmm. 2011, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, running back 30. And then in 2010, again, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, running back 20. So um, I think there's hope and optimism for Stevenson, but it looks like uh, no running back has more than two years as the Patriots' top running back in fantasy PPR points. So, and, and with it that seems being like- said, I was going to say, it seems like the Patriots running back two hovers around that 20th RB mark. And he, mm-hmm. like, so if you draft Stevenson to be your number one running back, then you're, you might, you might not get the year you want, you want from your running back field. But if you take him as your RB two, mm-hmm. then you have a very strong running back set. And, and they just, um, they just dropped James Robinson, you know, recently. Um, they cut him. So now you got two rookie. You have Ty Montgomery. Well, Ty Montgomery's not a rookie, but you have Ty Montgomery, you know, fighting for um, some some playing time there. And then you have two rookie or two um, sophomores 
um, Pierre Strong Jr. and Kevin Harris, um, who I think, you know, one of those two is going to emerge as a solid running back um, or the solid, you know, um, running back two there in New England. And um, I think it, it, it'll be Pierre Strong. Um, I think he's a little bit, um, he's a little more uh, tuned for the James White role, that passing down back. Not to say that, you know, Stevenson isn't good at catch, you know, pass catching, but um, if I had to choose between the two, I'd go Pierre Strong. But um, again, using logic and analytics here for the past, you know, 10 years, um, there's a good chance that Stevenson repeats as the top PPR running back. The only question is, you know, just because he's the top Patriots running back, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be, you know, a, a top 10 or a top 15 running back overall in the league as far as PPR, yeah. you know, fantasy points go. I, I would target him, but I would also, I guess I'm just like throwing things out there where I'm like, you know what, don't be surprised if all of a sudden he's running back 30 next year instead of running back 20. You know, I mean, just it's just the way New England does things. Um, their wide receiver core is a little is I don't know I don't want to say interesting I feel like I'm going to overuse that word. It seems like they have. It's not fun at all. You're not gonna you're not gonna pick anyone here that. Okay, I mean, let me put it this way: I drafted their current running uh, their current wide receiver for uh, Kayshawn. Is it Boot or Boote? I don't know. I think it's, He's it's from, Boot. I think. Yeah. He's from LSU. <laughs> he was a highly regarded wide receiver. Uh, he's had uh, "quote unquote" attitude issues at LSU that led to him having less um, targets, stuff like that. Uh, but I do think there's a decent history of LSU wide receivers coming into this league and being much better than people expected, or being one of the, for example, Justin Jefferson, right? So I feel like he could be a breakout wide receiver on this core. I drafted him in Dynasty because I think that's the case. But there's no one on this list right now. Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyquan Thornton, Devontae Parker, Kedrick Bourne. I don't see anybody on this list that I would confidently draft in a redraft league. I like mean, I would, I would take someone maybe around 10 or 12 because I need someone. Somebody's got to catch. Somebody's got to catch the football. And yeah. if I had to choose between you know this this set of receivers they have right now, it'd probably be you know Juju Smith Schuster. Um, I think Tyquan Thornton is somebody to look at though. I think he's going to emerge in this offense. And then um, just a side note: if they do sign DeAndre Hopkins, then I think yeah, I think you for sure grab him. You know, in 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 the um, early rounds there. Um, yeah. Probably not in the first or second round. Probably you know the third, or third or fourth round, um, depending on how you know how cute you want to get. If, if they do get DeAndre Hopkins, do you think that makes Mac Jones look more draftable? No, I still, I still would shy away from Mac Jones because I think there's there's at least twelve other quarterbacks that you can grab that um, are going to give you just way better production than than Mac Jones. You you know, like in previous years, <clears throat> it's not a thing this year. But you know, if a team drafted Tom Brady, you might tri- you might take like a younger quarterback just in case it's finally the year Tom Brady regressed. You know, like I think it's the same thing with Mac Jones. Like you you take an older quarterback. Let's just say you want you take like a Matthew Stafford or you take 
Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. You might, you might also take Mac Jones as like your youthful, your youthful, youthful, uh, handcuff, I guess. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And then as far as tight ends go, um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really fond. I'm not, of the I, I, I don't think I've. I don't. I don't think I've liked Hunter Henry for like six years. <laughs> I don't, I, every every year he his name comes up, but I, I have been ever since he got hurt when he was with the Chargers. He, he hasn't mm-hmm. been you know the same production wise. And then Mike Gesicki. I mean, there's a chance for him to be a red zone target, but I I I highly want, doubt it. You want a hot take? I want a hot take right now. Give me a hot take. Mike is going to get more fancy points this year than Hunter Henry. That is a pretty hot take. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to write that one down and see if we could go back to it at some point. <laughs> We're going to be uh in week 6 and and Hunter Henry's going to have double the points that I guess I get. <laughs> Mike might not even make the team. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so this is, I think, not only the one of the most interesting teams in the division, but one of the most interesting teams in the NFL as far as fantasy goes. Um, that's the New York Jets. Um, you know, they just recently, I shouldn't say recently, but, you know, during this offseason, they signed Aaron Rodgers. Uh, didn't he do some sort of like a uh, dark retreat or something before he made a decision on what he was going to do, if he was going to play still or what? Yeah, and then the the, the Packers traded him. And then here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mm-hmm. think the the way that it all went down was pretty pretty dumb. I think it was a, a waste of a lot of people's time. I don't know if it was because they couldn't come to a consensus of what they were trading as far as draft picks go. Um, but it, it was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, reported Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the New York Jets, and then it hasn't officially happened yet. And then for like two weeks, we're sitting there, and it – more than two weeks, but it, it didn't officially happen, uh, you know, for, I don't know, God knows how long, um, a month maybe or so. But um, with all that put aside, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is a top 12 quarterback this year. Um, I think he's going to – and it, he's going to have a, a, a decent season. Is he a top, you know, five, six quarterback? No, but I think he's more so on the um, – latter half of the uh, top 12, um, somewhere coming in, you know, 10, 11, 12. But I think he's definitely a starter this year. I know last year, I don't think he scored more than 18 points in any game. Yeah, I had him at Dynasty, and I don't even know how I survived to make it to the playoffs with Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers as my QBs. I have no idea how I did that, but I guess I did. Um, But... <clears throat> Yeah, like, okay, let me ask you this. Do you think he's close, in terms of Jets and stuff like that, do you think he's closer to becoming what Tom Brady might have been for the Bucks? I'm not saying they win a Super Bowl, but I'm just saying success-wise. Like, do you think he's closer to being what Tom Brady did for the Bucks or what Russell Wilson was for the Broncos? I think he's somewhere in between. He's not going to be Tom Brady's status when he went to the Bucks. Because, I mean, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Like, he showed no signs of regression, you know? Like, I feel like even his last season in, in New England, it wasn't so much him. I think it was just him not having talent around him. And um, I don't think he's going to, you know, fall all the way down to that Russell Wilson. I know Russell Wilson's your guy. I don't think he's going to fall all the way down to Russell Wilson's status last year. Um, 
I think he's like I said, he's going to be somewhere in the middle. He's still going to be a viable quarterback for a twelve-team league, even a you know fourteen-team mm-hmm. league. Um, but I, I mean, you're not getting a Jalen Hurts. You know, you're not getting a Lamar Jackson, a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow. Like those are guys that you know I think will obviously all finish higher than than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, my take is he's going to make the Jets better, but I don't think he's going to make them what they're expecting from him. I'm going to put it that way. I don't think. He's going to make them like a eleven and five potential division winner. I think they're still going to hover like eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven, maybe. Maybe they might might make a wild card spot if the rest of the conference with some kind of thing. This is where you and I will agree to disagree. I think that Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder, and um, I think he's going to come out and have a "I told you so" season. And he's going to show everybody, like, yeah, like I told you, I'm good. It's just they, they, they didn't, you know, support me over there in, in Green Bay at the end there. I feel like he's a 38, 39 year old quarterback who's probably going to be on acid for half the season. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> he could be. He could be. He could. He could be pre-gaming on that acid. Um, but I mean, he has a good young, you know, um, core of talent around him. He's got Brees Hall. Who's mm-hmm. you know obviously I know he's coming back from ACL injury but um, I, I think mean, he'll be the, back within the first quarter of the season. Yeah, the the modern medicine and rehab programs and the way that these athletes like recover from these injuries is like not human, you know. And I think he's going to come back. He's going to be you know just as good as when he left. Obviously, you know it, it's going to be an adjustment period. I think you know for the first few games, but I think the the you know later half of the year he's going to you know kind of start going back to the form that he was before he got hurt. Um, and then obviously, you know, when it comes to running back too, I think uh, you should keep an eye out for their rookie running back. They just drafted Israel Abeninkanda. Man, try to say that, that, that fast. That, 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 was, that was better than what I would do. <laughs> so I think he's someone to look at, you know, obviously as a handcuff. And if Brees Hall isn't ready to go by week one, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the rookie start, you know, as running back one. Well, yeah, and Michael Carter's still in the mix. Like, we'll see if, like, how crowded that running back room gets. But he's still in the mix, too. Um, But uh, because of Brees Hall's injury history, or just, you know, his injury last year coming back from an ACL, where would you feel comfortable drafting him? I would say in the third round. Okay. Would you already have drafted one or two running backs first? Oh yeah, he's not my first running back off the board. Okay. Um I think there's going to be people who draft him mid to late second round, you know. Um don't get cute. I think you can get, you know, better quality or better I shouldn't say quality because he's a good running back. You can get better value at, at that round if you're looking for running backs. Only and the only reason I'm hesitant is cuz he is coming off an ACL injury. If you're looking to start strong, then, you know, Brees Hall is not your first running back off the board. But, hey, if you decide to go running back, you know, first or second round and you're pretty confident and you have, like, a top, you know, five or six running back and you, you want to, you know, swing for Brees Hall, you know, either, you know, at the end of the second round or start of the third round, like, I I, I can't hate you for wanting that, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's expectations that it looks like he'll be ready to go week one. But... I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. We're still, you know, a couple months away. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, and then to, to round things out here, they're receivers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they have the phenom, Garrett Wilson, who put up good numbers last year. Um, I don't have the list of where he ended the season last year, but, I mean, he, he was, I think, you know, somewhere in the, for sure, top 20, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. But It's predicted um, to be top 10. Yeah, and he did that. He did that, you know, with no quarterback, right? He or gosh, hey, what's call, his you name? Call, you calling Zach Wilson a, a no Zach quarterback? Wilson. Yeah, that, you know, that, that guy's gonna play. That guy's gonna play like four games this year. I guarantee it. Zach Wilson's gonna start. He's gonna he's start four games. Quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach Wilson is. Um, I, it's possible. It's possible he starts four games. Um, and then you know you just have this supporting cast of just. Um, you know, middle of the pack wide receivers. You have Alan Lazard, who never really shined in Green Bay. You know, he was put in a good situation to shine, but either you know he got hurt or he just didn't live up to that moment. Um, you had McCole, Nicole Hardman, over mm-hmm. in Kansas City. You know, I know a thing or two about Nicole Hardman, and um, you know, again, I don't think he ever really reached his full potential. Um, Corey Davis, I think, still has some juice left in the tank. Um, I wouldn't count him out, but like obviously these guys, these aren't guys that you're you're drafting, you know, with high draft capital. You know, these are these are guys that you're you're taking flyers on in the mid to late rounds. Yeah, like I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Corey Davis, like in my last two picks of the draft or something like that. I I think he has a decent chance of finding a way to get into the mix, but he does have some competition ahead of him. But it seems like this wide receiver core is just a bunch of fast guys plus a couple of former Packers. <laughs> That's all it is. And and yeah. when you're drafting former Packers, if it wasn't Devontae Adams, you're still hesitant on who the second guy was, right? So it's the same thing here. Yeah, and um these are probably just dudes that, you know, did acid with Aaron Rodgers, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you guys acid buddies to come with them to New York. <laughs> they say, Hey man, like we're gonna have a good time in New York and uh let's do it. Um, yeah. as the far tight as ends, tight end, the tight ends yeah, are just like, yeah, Conklin is fine. CJ is fine. That's it. I don't really, I wouldn't draft either one, but you know, one of them's going to have like a two to three game stretch where they're really good. Yeah. And, and they actually have a rookie, um, tight end by the name of Zach Kuntz. That's, that's his name by the way. Um, and I mean, he's, you know, if you're in Dynasty, he's somebody to to look at. In a redraft league, I don't think any of these guys are really viable. Maybe Conklin, you can stream him if you're punting at tight end. You can stream him against good matchups. But um, I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is a big tight end guy either, you know, going to his tight end. I mean, yeah, Robert Tunyon, you know, was, was, was um, pretty reliable in Green Bay. But I feel like he, again, was very dependent on touchdowns. So, There's better tight ends out there. Yeah, definitely in you know twelve team league, I can probably name at least seven mm-hmm. tight ends. Um, and yeah, Kyle Pitts. I mean, you know, I know he hasn't lived up to the hype, but he's he's you know he's a name that keeps flying around in the top you know three to five tight ends. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. I do think like this offense is clearly relied on. Uh, like outside of Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall could kind of stand alone. They don't necessarily need Aaron Rodgers, but anybody else on this team needs Aaron Rodgers to be successful. Like, yeah, if Zach Wilson starts half the season because of whatever, you know, just because Aaron Rodgers decided to take a month off or something. 
he he went on like a he went to Bernie Man or something like that. Then I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. He's he's gonna have his own Bernie Man, you know, in the middle of the season. But um, I mean, there you have it. You know, your AFC East again. You 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 have nothing too pretty in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every team I think has at least one solid um, asset that you can add to your team in fantasy. Obviously, you know, there are certain certain teams in this division that you kind of like those are your last your last uh leap of faith to draft some of their guys but overall i think it's a fun division and um i mean right now if you had to if you had to guess who's gonna take this division this year if i was a betting man i would say the bills yeah yeah i don't think any of these teams are gonna dethrone the bills um unfortunately i don't think the dolphins are are going to um live up to the hype only because their offense relies totally on Tua. And I don't think Tua is going to go all, you know, 17 games this year. Yeah. And he's, he, and like, he's good, but he's not like, he's arguably the third best quarterback in the division, but we gave him number two, but he, he Aaron Rodgers could be, could prove that he's better too, you know? So it's like being the third best quarterback in a division doesn't usually mean that you're going to win the division. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and before we started recording this episode, we were talking about some hot takes, and um, one of my hot takes was that uh, the Jets are going to be this year's, you know, Denver Broncos. They're mm-hmm. they're going to be like, uh, you know, last year how Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos were hyped up a lot about, you know, Wilson going over there and you know all the pieces around him and. Um, I mean, we all know how that turned out. I had Russell Wilson as my quarterback. I thought he was a value pick. I was like, Russell Wilson, he's going to come in there. He's going to do really good. He's got better weapons, <clears throat> better defense in Denver. Like he's going to, he's going to reclaim the, you know, a spot in the top five quarterbacks. And, um, there was one week where the entire league just went to town on Russell Wilson <laughs> in the group chat <laughs> with memes. And, um, that's when I knew my fantasy season was pretty much over. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a fem, uh, similar boat. I think I do think the Jets are going to be better, but that's not really a high bar. My hot take for the division is the Patriots won't come in last. I'm not. I don't know who's going to be the fourth place team, but they're not going to come in last. That's a pretty hot take. With with the offenses in this division, you would think that New England's for sure last place, but I don't think so. I want to say that I think it's cool. That the New York Jets are going to play on nine eleven, it's going to be like a big thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, it would have been really cool. Um, they're not playing the Giants, are they? That would have been really cool. No, they're not playing the Giants. They're playing the Bills. Oh, so it's still two New York teams. It's a uh, Monday Night Football, Monday September eleventh. The Bills at the Jets. That's really cool. Yeah, so week one of the of the season, we're going to really see. I think that's a good test to kind of tell. Tell us where the Jets are, um, mm-hmm. I guess, coming out the gate, obviously. I think they're going to yeah. lose, unfortunately, but um, I think they're not going to be – it's going to be a more competitive game than we think. I'll put it this way, and this goes for the Bills, Dolphins, and the Jets. you got to beat some of your division rivals as well if you're going to win the division. It's just as simple as that. So whoever – takes one or two from other teams i think that's and if the patriots really are the worst team in division you gotta you gotta sweep the patriots if you want to win this division so like you could try to get wins in other places but 
obviously, like if you look at schedule strength too, like the Bills will probably have the hardest to schedule out of the other three because of mm-hmm. where they were placed in the division last year. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. As bad as the Patriots look on paper, they are coached so well that they, you know, they put up a fight every time. Oh yeah, like I feel like those Bills Jets games are going to be something stupid. Like you think they're going to look at their offense and it's like, oh yeah, this is a for sure start, but then the team scores like 18 points and that's how they win or lose the game. Yeah, so we had two hot takes: Mike Gesicki with more fantasy points than Hunter Henry, and then uh, the New York Jets being this year's uh, Denver Broncos. Um, just to tell everybody where my head, you know, where my head's at right now is I would draft Russell Wilson again this year. I would confidently, man, that AFC West preview is going to be really interesting then. It is. It's going to be really good. All right. Can you, uh, can you let the people know where we're at on Twitter? Actually, let me look that up because we had to change it recently. (laughs) (laughs) On Twitter, we're at OT fantasy F ball. I had a short. Okay. I, I had a short in football, you know. So it looks it looks cleaner when you're looking at it, but now that I'm saying it out loud, it does sound silly. Yeah, <laughs> but we're silly guys, so mm-hmm. we hope you enjoyed this first episode. You know, we're just dipping our toes in the water here. Um, you know, we're gonna get into the groove of things. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some outrageous takes. We're gonna have some hot takes. We're gonna have some cold takes. Um, we're not fortune tellers. But we are fortunate to bring you guys fantasy football. I'm Steven. That's Brian. This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast.